it's been a while since an FCS game seems like a big deal, but this week it does as Boston College faces off against Maine. On today's show, we're going to dive into this matchup, give our previews and predictions. I'm joined by Mitch Wolf. As always, we're going to talk a little bit about BC football. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, locked on BC AJ Black here. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has got you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, this is a, uh, this weekend. BC plays Maine in a night game, which in itself is odd. Uh, FCS game at night at BC seems like a, a an odd choice. But in addition to this, just being a weird week. BC has it, it. This game has all the markings of a game that BC just has to win. And obviously they need to be an FCS school, but it seems like the urgency is much higher on today's show. I'm going to be joined by Mitch Wolf, uh, staff writer on Eagle insider. And he's going to talk us a little bit about this game. And we'll get into our discussion and give you our predictions for Saturday's matchup. Mitch, how's it going? Our uh, last recap of a game and the, it's not as fresh or raw, if you will. Uh, so, I, you know, this is, like you said, a big week for BC. They need to get their proverbial stuff together. And, you know, they, they, this is as much as as much as you can say it, this is a must win game for BC. It's scary. And that's kind of how sad the season has become. Like, you don't ever want to, like, disrespect an opponent, but Maine. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that's fair. I mean, they, they're also 0-2 and. You know, they've lost, I think they lost their opener on the road in New Mexico, who is not very good. And then they lost their next game to BC's opener from last year, Colgate. And it was pretty close. I think it was like 21 18. So, uh, yeah, I don't think this main team is very good. Yeah. And I've seen some folks on Twitter saying that BC is going to lose this game. Um, and it, it, let me just say this right off the bat I'm not going to predict BC to lose this game because that's insane. Uh, last time, and I, I said this to Mitch, the last time BC played Maine was in 2015, which is another season that gives gives BC fans a lot of post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, that's the year that they had the amazing defense, but literally no offense as well. And they won in that game 24 to three. So say, I feel like it was, I thought it was 24, nothing, but yeah, I mean, that's essentially the same or, you know, so for, yeah. It seems like Maine gets BC on the years that things just fall off a cliff. Um, this game to me, I mean, if, if BC were to lose this, yeah, if you want to start the fire halfway chance after that, absolutely. But it's not, it's not going to happen as porous as this team played against Virginia tech and as poor as this team played against Rutgers, BC is, is going to, you know, even in their, in the trenches, I think BC is going to be far superior to Maine, right, Mitch? Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't had a, my, a chance to dive into Maine as deeply as I would like to. Um, but even just looking at some of their best players, like their their argue, their best player on defense, arguably, uh, he's a defensive tackle, but he only weighs two hundred sixty five pounds. So you know, BC just has a size advantage there. You know, and even if you know one of the starting tackles or even both of them are missing, you know, this should still be a a good chance for the. BC offensive line to just like kind of get their feet under them be like, okay, like, you know, we can still do this. We can, you know, it's not a good team, but we can, you know, get some confidence, you know, we play well, 
do some things right and then move forward with that you know you I mean, you think about it, like from a quarterback perspective, you know, you give a quarterback easy passes, like screen passes, those kinds of things to get them in a rhythm. And that's what this offensive line needs is just getting a rhythm of playing well to remember how to play well. So speaking of that offensive line, I want I haven't had you on since Monday and we haven't had a chance to discuss Jeff Halfley's comments. He, it, he made some comments about the offensive line and about making them do, do things that'll, that'll, uh, do things that they're able to do and make things successful. You're in kind of an X's and O's guys. What is, what does that, what did that mean to you when he said that? Well, I think I beat it or something for some reason, but it, I was like, this is probably something they should have been doing since the summer, or they should have known what these guys could and couldn't do since the summer. Right. Um, for me, that means probably on, in the run game, maybe less pulling, um, you know, maybe some more zone given that that's kind of what these guys at least for the last two years, that's what they've been a little more used to, um, which I thought that instituting gap schemes would be easier because it's less about, you know, climbing to the second level and knowing which guy to block, but maybe obviously the gap schemes have been a bit of an issue. So, you know, maybe just go back to some simpler stuff, you know, against Maine, it should still work, you know, run, you know, only have one guy pulling and maybe run some more under center where it's a little easier for the running back. That's something that I talked about in, the recap piece where I said that I think Pat Garwo is more um, he's better at running from when the quarterback is under center because he has more time to build up steam and momentum. Whereas from the shotgun, you kind of have to stop and start um, and you can't get going as fast. And if an offensive line gets blocked into the, or gets, you know, hit into the backfield, then that really screws everything up more so than it does with a uh, under center run. So, you know, I think you could see a little more under center play, especially with the run game, because, you know, typically when you're playing a real opponent, you don't want to give away what you're doing with certain tendencies like, oh, like when they're under center, they're going to run the ball a lot more when they're on shotgun, they're going to pass. But when you're playing main that you're kind of not as worried about that because they are a inferior opponent, at least from a talent perspective. So in the run game, that's what I expect in the pass game. It's a little tougher because there you just kind of have to ask them to play better and know who to block. Um, so I'm not exactly sure how they achieved that. Um, you know, maybe just, you just got a better communication up front between the, you know, I, one thing maybe, you know, if they're, cause you, you have all those coaches and people on the sidelines with all their signs and hand signals and everything, you know, maybe try to simplify that down. Um, so when they have to adjust the protection guys know where they're going and who they're supposed to block. So, you know, pass protection is, something that is very nuanced. And it, frankly, that's probably one of the things in football that I don't know enough about. Um, so I don't want to speak too much out of turn, but yeah, I think that's something that of the things that they could try to do, that's where it's going to be harder to quote, simplify it. Yeah. And I, I, I also want to say, like I said it on the other episode, and I know folks are not always listening to every episode of the show, though you should, um, that I don't think Ozzy Trapillo will play based off of Halfley's comments. And mm-hmm. Kevin Klein is definitely not going to Definitely play. not. Yeah. I was going to say definitely not Kevin Klein, maybe Ozzy, but probably not. I mean, it doesn't make sense. I mean, you, I guess you want them to like if if either of them are able to play, I guess you want them to play just to get the reps. Yeah, that, um, that's the problem is like, you know, if if they had played decently the first two games and, you know, either of them got hurt to be like, all right, you know, it's fine. Um, you know, we'll we'll get him back in the future. But this offensive line has been so and even last week, like it was a different group of guys, you know, at two points during or a lot of points during the game because they were rotating guards, too. So, you know, that that's something that. You know, I pointed out that something that former BC office lineman Jeremy Trueblood pointed out that a lot of these problems can be solved just by playing together and playing more. You just like figure things out by, you know, for lack of a better term, trial by error and, you know, just like seeing more 
film left because you can only learn so much from film like when you're in your stance getting ready to block you're like you start seeing like oh okay the way this guy you know puts his hand in the dirt or the way these guys are leaning you know you can kind of start seeing those tells when you're up close and personal when you're watching film when you're a backup it's not as easy yeah and i've seen a lot of comments and i think this is important too like it, that kind of piggyback on what true blood said right that the offensive line hat there's the talent is there mm-hmm. it's just they need the experience they need yeah. to continue to grow and that's why i think this game is so important like yeah it's main and yeah you're not really going to learn a ton about you know how physical their guys are against a 265 pound defensive tackle but you can improve your communication you can com- you can improve when you see main do a stunt or main go for a blitz that you hadn't been able to stop before but hey maybe you figured it out this time that's that's inv- that's valuable stuff for them in in the live setting and in, in that in vivo um you know environment mm-hmm. yeah i totally agree i think being at home will help you know the crowd will be quieter even though it is a night game and jeff Havley does want students out there but you know this time the crowd will be ideally be quiet more quiet for offense so you know even if so then you don't have to you know go to silent count or do like silent signals you can do everything just verbally so that should help communication at the very least all right in a moment mitch and i are going to give our pre uh, predictions for uh the main game and um, i promise you this is probably gonna be the least negative we've been in the last three weeks so you're not gonna want to miss that now betonline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season Find all of the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week games. BetOnline is also your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. BC and Maine probably won't be on there, but there's tons of other action you can find on BetOnline for your college football uh, weekend. And we're going to talk about our picks in our third episode, uh, segment of the show, so you're going to want to check that out. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. AJ Black here, and I am joined by Mitch Wolf. Um, he's our uh, uh, staff writer for Eagle Insider, and he's been writing some great articles. I love uh, it's honestly one of my favorite things to read right now. His I rewatched this game, so you don't have to. Um, uh, and he's he did it for the Virginia Tech game, and I learned a ton from it. So check it out. Mitch has a great eye for some football stuff. So ch- uh, go to Eagle Insider, check that out. It's all free stuff. We also have subscriptions for VIP. Um, I have I've had so much uh, recruiting news, and it all kind of blew up in the last like week. Um, up on the site, and I have uh, crystal ball predictions and guys coming in and, and and committing. Go to Eagle Insider now and check that out. So this main game. Heading into the season, one of the there's all these storylines now. Obviously, we just talked about it being a big game for BC, but heading into the season when it was first announced, I never thought it would be the return of Kobe White, uh, which I think is a fun little side note for this game. And it's something I didn't expect. Kobe was a guy who started in the Steve Adazio era. He was the go-to wide receiver for Anthony Brown before Zay Flowers got there. He got hurt, came back a little bit, got hurt again. He was going to transfer, stayed. And it never really worked out. Jeff Halfley spoke very highly of him um, heading into uh, this week. He said, you know, he's my guy and he knows that he's got one catch for two yards, but you think they might try to get him the ball a little bit this weekend, Mitch. I'm sure he's going to be asking for it. You know, I, 
I think when this happens with players, I think they definitely want that. And I don't think White harbors any ill will towards BC. I think, you know, he had all those injuries. They, you know, developed some younger, better receivers. The offense changed, the quarterback changed. So I think he, you know, understood he just wanted to try his luck elsewhere. Um, But yeah, I mean, if he's healthy, I imagine they're going to try to get him some more targets. The other fun, and this is a little more nuanced and not as interesting, but uh, the other revenge game for certain players, Aaron Gathers, who BC fans might remember, was a uh, 2018 commit at cornerback out of Bishop McDevitt High School, the same high school that Kobe White went to, and incidentally, the Catholic high school near where I grew up, uh, the alma mater of NFL running backs Ricky Ricky Waters and LaShawn McCoy. Um, And Gathers was at BC, I think, for only one year, and then he, it says on, it's interesting, it says on 247, he then transferred to Western Carolina, Yep. but now he's at Maine, um, so he's had a bit of a, uh, (laughs) I guess, so he's been to three schools as well as Kobe White, considering he was at JMU this spring. Um, but he's playing a decent bit for them. I think mostly kind of as their nickel corner, given his size. But, you know, he was kind of a big get back in the day. And now he's at Maine. So that'll be interesting to see how much he plays as well. Yeah. And, um, you know, this, this is going to be a fun game this weekend. I mean, on uh, Eagle Insider on Friday, I'm going to give you my positional breakdowns. And, of course, for this game, I'm going to have BC as the edge for everything because it's Maine. And if this was James Madison, if this uh, they're not FCS anymore, yep, North yeah, Dakota, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bad bad choice. North Dakota, even URI, who's been playing kind of well in the in the uh, FCS, maybe I would I would give them a little bit more respect. But they haven't played well, and and as as poorly as BC played, and I, I know the hyperbole is is pouring on thick from some of the fan base. BC's a better team by a mile, right? Right, Mitch. Yeah, again, I haven't been able to I, I believe me, I looked. I tried to find Maine's games, but they're not readily available on the internet. Um this team just doesn't seem very good uh so far. And granted, they've had to play an FBS opponent, so that's gonna have but it, I mean New Mexico is barely an F, an FBS team. Um so you know, I think BC wins this one comfortably. I think they win it handedly. I don't know if it's gonna be like it dev- I don't think it'll be stress free, I'll say that, but I think BC. I think BC's defense has been playing really well, and I think they're going to show. And you know, th- there's all this talk about the offense. The def- I, I maintain the defense has played pretty well. The first two games, they've just been put in some bad situations by the offense. Um, and I thought they really improved their run defense last week, and so that was good to see. So I, I think they'll keep Maine probably to ten points, and I think uh, BC probably scores. I'll say thirty-eight to ten. BC. So I have, I have a question for you, and this is going uh, my mind flittering back to the first segment about BC's run game. Given how Garwo has struggled, would you go with one of the other smaller backs that may have more explosiveness out of the shotgun than Garwo at this point, or do they just kind of kind of stick with him because he is a you know veteran and leader in the locker room? That is a good point. I do like that idea. I think I think Garwo is a little bit. He's kind of almost he's a little bit of a volume shooter like in basketball where you kind of need to give him carries. And, you know, because of his kind of more punishing running style, you know, if he is getting decent blocking, he kind of wears down the defense as opposed to the defense wearing him down. Um, So I, 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 I do agree with your point, though, I think and I think it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier about like kind of not trying to be as tricky with um, play calling formations personnel. So I think like if you're going to go in shotgun and like you know, and, and throw, you know, put Sinkfield or Coleman or Broom. I, I don't think Broom even played at all last week, which was crazy. Barfield, right? Oh, well, either of them, but I, Broom was yep. the one that I highlighted after uh, the first game because of how good he was in pass protection. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think you're going to see a lot of, I think you're going to see a lot of the running backs um, 
because I think this is the game where you can get some of them opportunities, at least, especially later in the game. Um, but I wouldn't say they like need to go in a different direction at this point. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see what happens there. And, you know, I'm sure they're trying to figure some things out and it's still the third game. So maybe they can. And, and last time I, I dis, uh, disregarded <laughs> Pat Garo, he ran for like 1100 yards. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to do I'm not going to make that mistake. So. I I have I I think BC as you said is going to win this game easily or soundly. I also have this strange feeling that it's going to start off with something stupid with BC, like Jakovic throwing an interception, the defense falls down and lets up a touchdown, and then the fan base just falls off a cliff. This yeah, they- it makes it makes me kind of think of the first BC game I actually went to, which was the 2013 game against Villanova, where they scored on like a triple reverse pass or something. Yep. Uh, and then I think BC won going away. Like it was like 24 to 10 or something in Steve Adazio's first game. So kind of something like that. Yeah. I'm thinking, I'm thinking BC wins 31 to to seven, something like that. I, yeah. I, 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 my thought is I think the D de- I think the defense, one of the big things that we haven't seen yet is the defense making turnovers. Mm-hmm. I think that changes this week because I think Maine is going to get put in a position where they're going to have to throw the ball. And we really haven't seen this pass defense have to do a whole lot. And I think if they have to do a lot against a passing offense like Maine, they're going to pick off a couple passes. And I think that's going to cost them. Yeah, I would agree with that. And like part of that was like luck, like again, especially against Rutgers where they forced two fumbles, but just couldn't fall on them. Like forcing fumbles is good. It's just, it's, it's hard to be like, oh yeah, they're not recovering them. It's like, yeah, balls just bounce funny. Like that play where DeBerry knocked Horsley away from the ball. And that's just, it's just bad luck sometimes. So, you know, you kind of hope that turns around. Yeah, I agree. I think BC's defense gets probably at least two turnovers in this game. All right. So that's our predictions. Now, in a moment, we're going to go national and look at some of the games that you're going to want to put some money down on Bet Online. Um, and we'll get into that in just a moment. But before we get into that, I want to tell you about our quest for 600. We hit 500 subscribers on our YouTube channel just yesterday. We're up to about 505 now. As I said, I want to get 600 subscribers on our channel by the start of the basketball season, which is November 7th. So we have a little under two months to do this. I think we can do it. So if you're listening to this, hit that subscribe button. If you have multiple accounts, hit subscribe. The more accounts that we get going here, it gets more people. To It pu- pushes us up the crazy YouTube algorithms and more people can find us. Hit subscribe. Hit like on our po- our, our comments. Uh, on our on our episodes and and comment as well. I respond to as many comments as I can. Um, if it's you calling me an idiot, I usually don't respond to that, but I maybe I will next time. But um, definitely check that out as well. Now, let's chat a little bit about this weekend. And there's some great college football games. Now, the first game I want to talk about, and, and we'll get into our picks, but. I want to just get into just one of the things I think is really cool is I can't wait for game day to be at app state. I think it's gonna be a fun weekend for that. I think that that is a very cool location. I just wish they were going for a more consequential game because they're playing yeah. Troy. Troy is very much an average sunbelt. Like the game is on ESPN plus. It's not even on and, the and ESPN has nothing on their network during that. Yeah, time that, too. that's insane. Like, I, I, I think that's very cool that they're going there, but if you're going to do it, do it right. Like, I think this is kind of a disservice to them. Um, and lock, so speaking of that, Locked on ACC, another podcast on our network, posed the question, should App State join the ACC? I, I'm guessing Mitch has a comment on this. Go ahead, Mitch. 
probably not. <laughs> I mean, they're <laughs> I, I, they're a really good at Sun Belt team. Like they like they are the model for any team jumping up from FCS to FBS because they came in. I, I think they were, you know, they had like two years where they were kind of adjusting, and then they just started winning conference championships. It was insane. Um, and they've been like a cradle of coaches, like Satterfield, uh, Eli Drinkwitz. Like I think yep. this, uh, the guy shot now, Sean Clark, is going to get a job soon. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't really see that happening, especially because there's a million North Carolina. Yeah, teams. yeah exactly. Like North Carolina is <laughs> already pretty saturated, um, and. Uh, that that I, I won't I won't make fun of another school's academics again. I was gonna say that I, I I was gonna frame it in a more polite manner, saying that they don't fit the academic profile. There you go. Yeah, the, that, yeah, that's what I meant to say. <laughs> all right. So last week, Mitch and I each gave three different picks, and I think I went three and zero. Oh. I didn't. <laughs> I, yeah, Mitch definitely did not. <laughs> I definitely did not. <laughs> um, and some of the ones we were just shooting around near the end, I definitely swiffed on. But I, I'm going to make my three picks today, and we'll each kind of bounce back and forth. And I'm going to go crazy on my first one. I'm going to go nuts. Georgia and South Carolina. I'm going to go with South Carolina in this. It's a 24 and a half point spread. It's in South Carolina. The Gamecocks are going to be crazy going uh uh, crazy into this game. They've beaten Georgia at home before. I don't think, I don't know if they're going to beat them, but t- I think they could possibly cover this game. Uh, I don't know. 24. I mean, 24 points is a lot of points so that, that it, 24 and a half. So that, that it's probably a decent bet to make. Um, but I, I, I think Spencer Rattler still just makes too many mistakes. If South Carolina had rightfully named their chicken mascot cock commander, like they should have, I would agree with this bet because they didn't. And again, <laughs> some of like the general. Yep. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to agree with this bet. Um, for me, I, I'm going to go back to the bet that I did hit last week. And I'm going to dip into the well again of the Iowa under. They're playing Nevada, who is very much not good. Um, they are Owen. Oh, wait. Oh, they're actually two and three, but the, the teams they've beaten are New Mexico state and Texas state who are barely FBS teams. And then they lost to the FCS incarnate word uh, this last week. So Nevada is kind of going through a rebuilding phase right now. Um, their offense is not explosive as it was last year with Carson strong at quarterback. And Iowa still just doesn't know how to play offense in the 21st century. So the over under is 40. I'm still taking the under here. All right. Looking at a 13, seven, I think. Okay. That was an easy one to hit last week. What yeah, did they score like? yeah. You're sailing into the fourth. You're like, this is fine. <laughs> that, yeah. That one seemed like easy money. And I had a parlay. I think I parlayed like five different picks just, and I, I whiffed on it. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to double down and just, cause it was an afternoon game with Iowa and Iowa state. And I'm like, and I'll just recoup all my money. I just lost. That's, that was good. That's a great strategy. Just like just any parlay you make, just throw in the Iowa under, and then if it doesn't hit, just double down on it. Exactly. Exactly. So that's what I end up doing. So I'm going to go, I'm going to continue on my, uh, my, um, the one that I continue to follow. And that is Syracuse Syracuse at one and a half against, against Purdue. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know what it is about Purdue, uh, Syracuse, but I'm believing in them right now. Uh, they're playing really well. They got a good defense. Sean Tucker is really tough. Garrett Schrader is one of the highest rated quarterbacks in the ACC. Um, I don't, I don't buy into Purdue at all. Uh, they're one and one and they uh, beat um, Indiana state. I think yeah, was the that only, sounds right. <laughs> and lost uh, uh, 35, 31 to P- Penn state. I think Syracuse is going to win this game. So I, I agree with you. 
I just think, I and again, we are not betting professionals. We are not financial advisors. Please bet responsibly. Um, but <laughs> I, I feel like just taking a one and a half line, the favorite is just not good gambling strategy. Because mm. uh, if they win, like, because even if they win by one, you're screwed. So I agree with your general sentiment. I would, and the problem is the money line is not that much better. Like it's, it's, I mean, it's worse odds. So like yeah. I would, yeah. So I agree with your sentiment. I just don't agree with betting that side of the line. Um, the next one I'm going to go to is Miami at Texas A&M. Now I did say Miami was going to destroy Southern Miss last week and I was wrong. Um, <laughs> but Texas A&M is, it's wild. So Texas A&M is favored by six in this game and they are at home and Kyle field has great home field advantage. But, and Miami, again, Miami wasn't super impressive last week. And I think this is their first road game, but you know, six, you're getting six points with Miami. I think I, I think they'll win this game outright and finally knock Texas A&M out of the rankings because they're still ranked, I think, 18th for some stupid reason. Um, so yeah, I would take I would take a Miami plus six plus one ninety five money line is interesting. If you're a braver man than I, I'd be interested in that. All right, and then my final pick is Oklahoma and Nebraska. Uh, Nebraska, who just fired uh, Scott Frost after a abysmal loss to was it Georgia Southern last week. Yes, sir. Shout out to Georgia Southern's uh, graphics team with that uh, victory post, which was amazing with the eagle and the uh, eaten corn cob. Oh, yeah, um, that was great. <laughs> um, Oklahoma, I, I mean, part of me wants to avoid this because after a coach is fired, there's this weird thing where a team kind of rallies behind the interim coach. We saw this with FSU and BC a couple of years ago, but it's Nebraska. <laughs> I, I don't, I, I feel like this is a program that's just right for them just to fall on their face again. And I don't know. I, I, I think Oklahoma is, is good enough to, to, to win by two touchdowns here. Yeah, I think that's definitely possible. I mean, it's, Nebraska's so weird, like because they, they do so. Like like last week, like their offense. I mean, their offense scored forty two points. And granted, it's Georgia Southern, but still, that's pretty good compared to the last few weeks. But I mean, their defense just didn't show up at all. So, yeah, that's <clears throat> that's pretty crazy. Um, looking down the rest of these lines here, I think we're gonna. I think last week was kind of nuts. Um, so I think this week we're gonna kind of uh, regress back to the norm. You know, I don't think you're gonna see as many crazy upsets um penn state on the road at auburn is interesting penn state's favored by three so um even if even that's basically auburn's home field advantage um and i I don't really think auburn is good um still scrolling down here trying to find a good game one 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 thing we need to keep a track of is kansas and kansas is playing houston and houston is i think they're they were ranked last week i think like 24 and they lost in overtime at tech take that texas tech that is and Houston is now favored at home against Kansas by eight and a half. Kansas might have something. And mm. if Kansas wins, they'll be three and oh, and there could be some rank Kansas mumblings happening. Um, so if, if you want to like, just kind of ride the fun wave of rooting for Kansas, even though they beat BC a few years ago, but like it's Kansas, you know, you kind of, they're kind of, you know, you kind of want to see them get back to being at least competent. So taking Kansas eight and a half would be fun. Um, I would say the smarter money though is Oh shoot! Where did I had a game I really liked? Um, still, scroll. Oh, I guess it was the the Miami Texas A&M game. So yeah, um, I will. Uh, yeah, let's let's go Kansas. Let's ride with the Jayhawks. That'll be fun. All right. So if you agree with me, disagree with me, hit us up on Twitter at LockdownBC. You can also tweet at Mitch and tell him he's wrong, or me at AJ Black and Mitch. Where can people wrong. find you on social media? <laughs> 
uh, if you want to yell at me for giving you bad gambling advice, uh, know that one, I won't give you any money, but I, I will say sorry. Um, but you can reach me at Mitchell T. Wolf, W-O-L-F-E on Twitter. Uh, like I said before, I work for the 33rd team, which is a great football website for uh, football you know, breakdowns, information uh, from a you know scheme perspective, from a experience perspective with coaches and players. Or if you want fantasy betting, DFS advice, uh, make sure you head over there and you get all your information from us at the 33rd team. All right, I'm AJ Black. We will be back. Uh, I will be back. And Mitch, are you going to be available for the uh, post game? Uh, now that yeah, because it's because it's a it's a weird night game. I should be available. Yes. So we'll be live on YouTube after the game to talk uh, BC and Maine and listen to you. And we'll give our analysis. You guys can comment, be angry, be happy, whatever you want. We'll be back. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube so you know. Hit the bell so you know that when we go live, you can jump in and listen. Uh, this is AJ Black. You can follow me on Twitter at AJ Black underscore BC. Uh, make sure you're following us along at Eagle Insider, part of the 247 Network. Both Mitch and I are over there. We have all sorts of great stuff on recruiting, football, predictions, everything you want. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and become a VIP member over there as well. For Mitch, for Mitch Wolf, this is AJ Black. Have a great one. We'll see you again soon. Take care.